Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, a discussion about how to live a loving life. I'm Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn. So Kenny, today we are talking about the seven things that love is, and we're on number four, which says that love protects others. Sounds simple until you're asked what that means. What do you mean by saying that love protects others? Protecting, I know that's it's a really simple question, but I think if you when you stop and think about it, there's a lot involved in that. And so my first thought, my first thought, naturally, when you say what does it mean to protect it, it means that you know I will stop someone else from hurting someone I love. Uh, I mean, I, I would hopefully I'd be willing to lay my life down to 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 protect them or or protect their integrity to, to, to protect their image to protect uh you know people from gossiping all kinds of things and I, it does mean that but when i when you stop and think about it and you go okay like i had a very protecting father we've talked about that and i go was it is that what made me feel so loved by my father that he would physically protect me from other people and from other things well partially but if I really think about it I don't remember one time that my dad had to physically protect me from anyone I knew he would that if he if he had to so how did I know that he would and why did I feel so protected when he really never had to protect me from the things that I first think of when I say that love protects and I would suggest to you that it's that that love protecting has the first responsibility that if I'm in a relationship with you, if I love my children, I love my wife, that my first responsibility is to protect my children, protect my wife, protect you, whoever I'm in a relationship with, from me. And by from me, I mean from my envy, from my anger, from my rudeness, from from the fear in me that that draws me, leads me to be these eight things that love is not. Now, when I wonder, you know, I think about my dad, I'm like, how many times did he ever have to, you know, physically protect me? Virtually never. But how many times a day would be the question? Um, Not ever, but a day, do I have a responsibility to protect my wife and my children from my anger, from my rudeness, from my envy, from my anxiety, from my fears, from my all these things within me. So protecting is is doing what I believe is it's loving, right? Which is doing what I believe is truly best for them without regard for me. I think that's why First Corinthians 13 tells us that love protects. Because it is, it is, it is what love is. And so this I would say the second responsibility I have. So my I would say my first responsibility, again, to protect you from me, from whatever it is that is within me that would be selfish. Um, And then my second responsibility is to protect you from you. So to protect you from your own selfishness, your own envy, your own pride, your own anger and rudeness and all these things that ultimately that, that hurt me, but they wreck your life. If I love you and you're selfish, you're hurting me, but you're 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 destroying your own life. If I if I don't love you, I really don't care. I'm going to protect me, 
not you. So that means you're not allowed to hurt me. It doesn't really matter to me that, that you're wrecking yourself. But if I love you, so like in the case of my own father, where I felt so loved, you know, my dad, you know, though I can't remember whenever he had to physically protect me, I often remember him protecting me from his own selfishness or anger, rudeness, these things. But more frequently than that, I remember him protecting me from my own selfishness. So it was the it was this discipline, not so that, it was, it was my dad demanding that I was respectful, not so that he would be respected, but so that I would be respectful. And it was my dad demanding that I honor my mother and my father, not so that my mom and my dad would be honored, but so that I could have long life. I mean, you know, God's word doesn't say, hey, you honor your mother and your father, your mother and father have a long life. It says you do. And I think that's because, and sometimes we get that mixed up in our own heads, but me honoring my mother and my father doesn't make them honorable. You know, it's, it's what they do that ultimately determines whether or not they're honorable in some way. None of us are very honorable, I think, at our core, right? But in some way, um, but, but when I honor my mother and my father, that is honorable, and it speaks of me, not of them. So I felt so loved by my dad and protected by my dad because daily, constantly— he was disciplining me to live a loving, selfless life that was best for me and because it was best for me. And I think, you know, it, it, the first time I read this, I thought, that's pretty heavy, you know. Uh, but God's Word says that if we fail to discipline our children, if, if you don't discipline your child, you hate your child. And I thought, well, how, do, how do you go from not disciplining someone— you know, not to like not caring or whatever all that middle ground is from not disciplining to hating. But it's I would say it's because, you know, when you fail to love a child and you 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 fail to protect them, not just from you, but but from themselves by disciplining them and pointing them in the right direction. This is this is all hard stuff to do, by the way. You know, what I mean, it all requires self-sacrifice like you know, you don't, I don't want to discipline my child. I don't want them to get mad at me. I don't want them, I don't want to put something in between. I, I have all these different fears. I don't want to deal with it. There's a million reasons why not to. But if I love my child and I'm going to protect my child, then I discipline my child because it's best for my child, not out of anger and all this other stuff. And so that is protecting them. That is loving them. And when, unfortunately, when we fail to do that, what we do is we teach our children to be undisciplined. There's, there's really not a middle ground. It's not like you're disciplined or you're something else or then you're not disciplined. You're disciplined or you're not. You have discipline or you don't. Now we don't, none of us have it perfectly. But if you don't, if you don't teach your child and the way they should go, you know, I had a friend that said it like this, if you don't stake out a tree, don't be surprised if it grows up crooked. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times what we want to do is we treat children like they're a balloon, we just air them up and let them go and see where the wind takes them, you know, just kind of whatever you feel like being, whatever whatever the pressure blows you, just go with that and see what happens. Well, I would say that's what you do if you hate someone. Not not just, you're not just failing to love them. You don't, you could possibly, how could you care less about them if you're just going to let their life go like that? Especially when they, de whenever they within them depend the most on you to offer them that 
direction and guidance. So protecting first from yourself, next from themselves. But let me let me give a uh, and, and also from other things. But let me give an example because you know, especially with my spouse, you know, there's things I've protected her from that. For example, I went through depression 18 or so years ago, and and I never told her that. Now, she knew something was wrong, but she had no idea the extent to which what was really going on, didn't know I was depressed. And so I, I, I hid that to some degree, not, you know, not because, well, let me say this. So I hid that, and then I met somebody later, and if this is all over, and they suggested that the reason I hid it was pride and that I shouldn't have hidden it. And I thought, well, let me think about that. And I, th- I would argue, you know, if I hid it so that she wouldn't think I was as strong as I was or for some other motive, then maybe it would have been pride, you know. Um, but I hid it to protect her. And if I, th- if I would have believed there was something she could have done that could have helped me, then I think I would have reached out to her. And so long as I believed her helping me wouldn't sink her. Okay. But so, so I think protecting my wife was withholding that. And then in, in, it, it allowed her to stay afloat. And then eventually she helped me come out without ever knowing what I was dealing with. She knew I was down. So she was writing scriptures on paper for me. She was, she was doing all kinds of things. But, but her, the joy in her life helped keep me afloat without her even knowing it. And had I just offloaded on her all the time, I probably would have drug her down. There wouldn't have been looking for somebody else for some joy. But let me give you an example of this, because I was thinking about this before coming here. I was like, how do you illustrate this? But this was, um, I'm still running on some emotion. <laughs> and uh, this was an emotional deal. But when we were growing up, we, we skied a lot. And one of the places we skied was on the main channel of the river, the Nature's River. And when a main channel in the river makes a turn, it washes the outside bank out. So the water's blowing through there. So it's hitting the so water doesn't just turn. It has to hit something to get turned. So it hits the outside bank when it's flowing through there. That becomes a real steep, sharp drop-off. And the other bank, it kind of swirls and piles all the sand up. That's why you have a sandbar on one side. You have this deep drop-off on the other side. So we're on this deep drop-off side where, where this boat club was, where we skied from. And... My dad and my sister, I think, were out skiing. I was fishing. My brother was there with me. My mom was swimming. She's a very strong swimmer, but she's swimming in this sharp drop-off area. And um, she gets in trouble. We don't know what's going on. She hollers for help, and then she goes under. And my brother's closer than I am. And so I'm a little ways down the bank. And I see him. He runs, and he jumps in right on top of her where she went down. And then he goes under, and then he pops back up. And I don't really know what's going on. I'm running down there to see what's going on. But here's what happened. He jumped in right on top of where mom went down. What, what turned out, mom had gotten cramps. So for some reason, she went into cramp. Her legs went into cramps, and she couldn't swim in that current, and she was in that drop-off. She was drowning. He jumped in right on top of her. My mom, when she felt him, her first, first thought was, if she grabs him, she's going to drown him too. So she tried to push him up so that he wouldn't drown with her. But when she pushed him up, her, her arm slipped up his side, and, and she felt his life jacket. So then she realizes, hey, I can pull him down and not drown him. 
Okay, so 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 she 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 grabs hold of the jacket and he goes under like a cork. You know, looks like a fish just got in. I'm thinking now mom's gone, Gabe's gone too, you know. But uh but then they both pop up on the life jacket. My brother saved my mom's life. But my mom first protected my brother from herself. You know, and and, and from himself because he you know, in his mind, he would have, had he not had the life jacket on, he still would have jumped in um, over where mom was. You know, he's just, oh, mom's going down. So, so I think I'm trying to illustrate with that, that, you know, we protect the people around us that we love, but sometimes we need them. And if they have the capacity to, the, 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 the life within them, I would say that Christ is our life jacket, you know, I mean, he is our source of life. And so if, if they have the strength to withstand, or the wherewithal that if we pull them down, we can both come up together and we love them, then that's okay, you know? But if we're just pulling everybody down to keep ourselves up, we're not protecting them. And the crazy part is we're not, we're also not protecting ourselves either, you know? I mean, we're, we're, we're hurting everything around us. So, so protecting is, First, from yourself, and second, helping the people you love, you know, trying to help protect them from themselves, their blind spots, the things that they don't see, the things that they're doing that are wrecking themselves. And then, and then I think just being fully aware and conscious, you know, it's another quick story. Um, we, you know, we, we fished commercially with my mom and dad, and my dad prepared. We felt safe on that boat big portion of the reason we felt so safe on that boat all the time was dad prepared so much to protect us. So he, he had a commercial fishing license and then the government pulled his commercial fishing license because he made too much money fishing more than he made on his other job. I'm, I'm sorry. He made too much money on his other job more than he made fishing. So if you didn't make at least a certain percentage of your income fishing, they wouldn't allow you to have your commercial license. So they changed the rules. They pulled his license. So mom kept her license and we had license to fish. So we all went together and, but dad's mindset was first to protect his family, and we knew this. And so he had, all, he had double everything on the boat, extra equipment. You know, that was everything he came for. So we're going out one time. We're going out across the uh, ocean. We're 40 miles offshore. It's glass calm. Nothing's ever happened out here where dad's had to protect us before. But we know he's prepared if he needs to. Nothing in, in eyesight anywhere, and we're running – 25, 30 miles an hour, we hit something. I'm sitting on the transom, which is the back of the boat, which is like over the motor hatch. I'm like right at the rear of the boat, basically. We hit something, and the boat immediately gets stopped. So it's not like we just hit something and we bounced over it. We got hung on something. And so I turn around, I look behind the boat, and it's like a, um, it looks like a pipe in the water. I'm just a kid. I don't know, maybe 10, 11 years old. But I'm, think, I'm smart enough to go pipes don't float. You know, what, what is that? I don't, I don't understand. Then all of a sudden, our boat starts getting pulled backwards in the middle of the ocean with nothing anywhere around. And now I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Jaws, but there's a scene in there where Jaws is pulling Quint's boat backwards, and the, the waves are hitting the transom of the back of the boat. Bam, bam, and they're bowling over and coming into the boat, right? That's, what we were, that's what's happening all of a sudden out in the middle of the ocean. Just imagine this. Nothing anywhere where totally terrified but dad was prepared 
because he prepared to protect us. He, di- he didn't just fly by the seat of his pants, you know. So he had all his equipment. He had his emergency radio that was set to the right channel, the emergency channel that he constantly monitored, that he could just grab the mic and go. And so by the time I figured out, I don't know what we're hitting here, Dad's on the radio and he's going, Mayday, 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 Mayday. So Madam X, that was the name of our boat, and Madam X, U.S. Coast Guard, and, and then he's trying to give our location. He's Mayday, 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 U.S. Coast Guard is Madam Max. And then and he did that like four times, trying to tell him where we are, which, which direction we are from the end of the jetties, how far offshore, trying to give us a location. And Moss preparing to throw us overboard because if the boat goes down, we have a cabin, and if we're getting pulled backwards. So if we get caught in the flow of water going into the cabin, we get pulled up in the cabin we could go down with the boat. So we were in the middle of the motion, and now mom's talking about throwing me overboard. And I'm still trying to figure out what's pulling the boat backwards. I'm thinking maybe Jaws, you know? So I'm hitting panic button. But dad's mayday, 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 mayday. On the third time, the Coast Guard says, responds and says, and all this, Reggie, within minutes, like two to three minutes, all of this has transpired. I'm, I would still be, anybody else would still be in shock mode, but he had prepared to protect us. And, and then another voice comes on while Dad's talking to the rate, to the Coast Guard. He's giving our exact coordinates of where we are and where we're going to go down. To let them go, we're going down. I remember the Coast Guard asking, "How many souls are on board?" I'm like, "Souls? What are you talking about, souls, man? We got some people out here." But um, then another boat chimes in. They break into the signal and they say, "We see you on our radar. We're dragging a cable, but there's no way you could be on our cable. You're too far." Well, then Dad goes Bobby Vaughn, you know, like, bleep, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to kill my family. The guy shuts the boat down. The Our boat stops when he stops his boat. He was dragging this seismograph cable, they're called. It's a big, fat cable, you know, big as your leg, that's supposed to be drug on the bottom of the ocean floor, but instead of when they would move, they're supposed to reel it up, make a move, and instead he decided to move without reeling it up. The cable surfaced. We hit it, and it happened to get caught in our prop, and now we're getting drove backwards. But but listen, my dad saved our whole family that day. I mean, we we had less than four or five minutes before that boat would have been drugged underwater. That guy on that ship miles away would have never even known. He thought he got hung on the bottom on something. Nobody would have ever found us. Everybody would wondered what happened to the Vaughns, you know. But my, my dad prepared to protect us. He and he did when it counted the most, and and I think we have to prote- we have to prepare to protect our families and the people closest to us, and we do that by drawing drawing closer to Jesus, becoming more like no one ever as much as my dad protected me. No one ever protected me, you, anyone else, my dad, everyone more than Jesus protected us. He didn't protect us from from himself he protected us from ourselves and and we 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 often get offended when his word speaks truth to us that's radically life-changing and life-saving but we don't want that we don't we don't that, that protection hurts our feelings Discipline hurts our feelings. You know, a loving parent hurts their child's feelings sometimes. But we got to ask ourselves, what matters most? And who am I going to protect? Am I going to protect me from my feelings? Or am I going to protect you? And I think love protects others. Love protects others. And so I think it's so important that 
that we learn what it really means to protect the people around us and um, and strive to live that. And it's not easy. And we fail all the time, like I say, frequently. And, and, and you know, here in short order, after this podcast, Tammy will be telling me, you know, you're talking about protecting me. Look at you right now, <laughs> you know. But, but you know, uh, and my dad felt to protect me a few times and even from himself a couple of times. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, he apologized and, and repentance is a powerful thing and love protects. What a great explanation. It's, I hope it makes sense. It does make sense. It might take a little while to, to sink in because I think it's a different way of viewing uh, protection. But uh, just curious, did the boat sustain any damage? Oh, yeah, it, it did. Well, so it, it, uh, we had what we called an inboard-outboard. That means that there's like a car engine in the back of the boat that's inside the boat. And then you see these boats where it's sticking out of the rear of the transom, which is the flat back of the boat, is what's called the lower unit. So that's the unit that comes out of the back and it goes down the props at the bottom. So we had an inboard-outboard. So that back portion, that that outboard part of the lower unit coming out of the transom was pulled away from the transom. You know, the, it, yeah, it, it did a pretty good amount of damage to it crazy thing is the the ship was so big that that we got hung on their cable um the coast guard was coming to get us and the ship said hey look we got a boat we'll send it over to them and he was closer than the coast guard was back you know at, on land and so they set a boat up down off the ship that was twice the size of our boat you know they gave some big boats on there they came over um, I mean, a funny little add-on to the story was they get there and there's all this oil all over the surrounding our boat and everywhere's coming out of this cable. So the guy gets there and he radios. He's on the radio now. They're on a channel that we can hear. It's not a private cell phone. <laughs> so they call back to the ship, mothership, and they're like, hey, um, we're not sure what to do. There's oil all over the surface all around this boat. And the ship captain comes on the boat and he starts fussing, saying, they're, you know, blankety blank tell me they didn't cut my cable well bobby vine's still protecting you know what i'm saying <laughs> so the, the radio rays went wild for a little bit there like blank your cable man you know and so they got in another little riff there the coast guard chimed in and kind of calmed everything down and uh but they they paid for the repairs on the boat put everything back together good deal yeah that, that was deal. a riot that was well you guys got some stories <laughs> yeah we got a few got some stories that was one of the craziest All right, well, this closes us out. Until next time, uh, trust God's word no matter what. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.